Hello and welcome to the Rational National Podcast for April 17th, 2019. I'm your host, David Dole, and coming up on today's show, I got two segments that I shot for YouTube that I'll play for you. The first one will be AOC teases her 2020 endorsement, followed by a 30-minute breakdown of Bernie's appearance on Fox News titled Shock, Bernie Impresses Fox News Crowd in Town Hall. Now, I don't want to talk too much before I play these segments since uh, this one here is is pretty long, but I do want to touch on an issue that I didn't really get too much into in my uh, Fox uh, slash Bernie video, and that's the benefit of talking to people that don't agree with you or people that are uninformed on the issues or misinformed on the issues. So this is a uh, this is a topic that I've sort of come around to uh, are come around on myself. So I have been critical of people that have appeared on on uh, Fox News dependent on how they do it, right? So th- there is this argument that I mean, has some merit to it that you are legitimizing Fox News by being on there. Uh, you are legitimizing a uh, an organization and a network that you know blatantly uh, is on the side of white supremacy. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a more uh, elegant way to phrase that, but there is no elegant way to phrase that. I mean, Tucker Carlson pushes white supremacist propaganda for the white supremacist. I mean, he himself is a way a, a white supremacist. This is. If you follow him, follow what he talks about, this should not be news. He talks about the, the changing demographics and how it's scary and how, you know, essentially his entire platform is used to scare people into uh, the reality that the world, America, is becoming more diverse and that we should some for some reason be afraid of that if you're white, which I just don't understand. I mean, it's, it's, it means nothing. Uh, Canada, America, many Western countries are based on multiculturalism. And in my opinion, that's a good thing. Now, the color of your actual skin means nothing. Cultures evolve, they melt together, they change. I mean, this, I don't want to (laughs) go... really don't want to go over. I don't know how I, how I found myself in this topic. So I, I don't want to get too far, too much more into this. But point being, we should be talking to people that are misinformed, uninformed, or, or are themselves misinforming others. Now, it all depends. It all depends, though, on how you do it. And if you are successful at it. So if I wasn't confident in Bernie's ability to talk to uh, people on the right, talk to Fox News uh, viewers, then I would be less enthusiastic about him appearing on Fox News. Because you could say, well, if he's a bad messenger, then it's just going to make the left look dumb. And you're not going to get people over. You're going to make them uh, solidify in their already existing positions. But Bernie is he's the kind of guy that can and does reach out to people who are misinformed and is able to bring them over to a more informed place. 
This is an independent senator who right now is leading in many polls for uh, the Democratic primary for 2020. And it's based on the fact that this is a guy who has, has a successful message. I mean, in 2016, he had almost no name recognition, which is why, even though he lost the primary in 2016, it was an, an incredible feat to close a 60-point gap to Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, who is the most popular, at the time at least, the most popular politician in the country in terms of name recognition, the most well-known, Bernie was able to close that gap. And he did that with his message. And he continues to do that today. So the reason he's in the lead right now is because he was able to carry over that name recognition from 2016 and continue on his same message that was able to get him that attention to begin with. And as I discuss uh, often, to me, the most important thing is getting out non-voters, people that aren't political, people that don't go and vote, people that feel like all the politicians are the same and no one's going to fight for me. Those are the people, like 40% of people, that is the, the most winnable. The people you can definitely convince to come out and vote for you. But we also can't ignore the fact that there is, you know, 30%, maybe 40% of, of uh, or not that high, maybe about 25-30% of, of Americans who are just misinformed. Uh, sure, you can say a lot of them are, in fact, racist, but I do believe a lot of that comes from their, their inability to really see what the problem is. When you're stuck in this bubble and your reference point for information is Fox News or conservative media, yeah, you're not going to be informed. And yeah, you're going to be afraid of the quote-unquote others, people that don't look like you. That's what's going to happen when you get your information from a very, you know, select number of sources. So if you can have someone like Bernie Sanders on your network, speaking in a way that discusses how, look, we are all in this together. The real problem is how the system is broken, how the system rigged by billionaires and multimillionaires how they rigged the system for themselves. How corporations rigged the system for themselves. Then, I think that is a message that is attractive to a lot of conservatives. I mean, conservatives get it. They understand that politics is bought. That politicians are bought. That money influences politics. They understand that. In fact, that was a lot of the, of the appeal of Donald Trump. That he was an outsider. And he talked about, oh, I'm self-funded, even though he wasn't. <laughs> but again, when you get your information from conservative media, they're not going to tell you that. So no, Trump was not self-funded, but he pretended he was. And he talked about the corruption. He talked about how I can call up any of these politicians on, on the stage and, and, uh, and give them, you know, a few thousand dollars. And then when I call them back later on, they're going to answer the phone and they're going to do what I say. He discussed that openly in one of the debates. So that was a lot, I believe, that was a, a big appeal of Donald Trump. Now, Bernie Sanders is the real version of that, <laughs> the left-wing version of that, but the actual version of that. Somebody that really does not take corporate money. Someone that actually is funded by small individual donors averaging $20 a piece. 
This is a man who doesn't have private fundraisers. So this is somebody, Bernie Sanders, that you can actually trust on the issues. Now, that was actually... Now that I'm saying that, I wish he had actually focused on that more in his appearance on Fox News. But as you're going to hear, <laughs> I mean, the audience loved him and uh, the Fox News host really did not know how to handle him. So without uh, further ado, let me get to the two segments here. The first one is uh, AOC teases her 2020 endorsement, which is about seven minutes long, followed by shock. Bernie impresses Fox News crowd in town hall. During an interview with Yahoo News, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez appears to hint at who she may support in 2020 and who she is not all that excited about. So check this out. Quote, I will support whoever the Democratic nominee is, the freshman Democrat from New York prefaced when asked her opinion of a Biden candidacy during an interview with Yahoo News Skullduggery podcast on Sunday. But a Biden run, quote, does not particularly animate me right now, she said, citing a lot of issues. I can understand why people would be excited by that, this idea that we can go back to the good old days with Obama, with Obama's vice president, she said. There's an emotional element to that, but I don't want to go back. I want to go forward. So before I get to who it appears she may endorse uh, for 2020, let's break this down a little bit. Because this, look, if you're following AOC at all, you understand her politics, this should not be a surprise to you. But this may be, this may be a surprise to some liberals. So AOC really has this interesting sort of cross ideological support. So there are a lot of liberal pundits I see on television who, for example, hate Bernie Sanders, but they love AOC. They may be surprised by the fact that AOC does not like Biden. Now, I think a lot of that is because they are so focused on her, uh, her identity and they aren't focused on her politics. So because she is this, you know, this young Latina woman from the Bronx, she th they think, oh, this is, this is great. This is the Democratic Party of the future. But they're just completely ignoring her politics, which, as these liberal pundits, don't normally support what AOC supports. So AOC not supporting or not being excited by Biden is not at all a surprise. But then again, look, actually, I want to speak to one issue here first. The Because uh, what she says here is exactly right. I think... Any of the support right now behind Biden, like you see in the polling, it's completely emotional. People have this emotional attachment where they connect Biden with Obama, and that is the only reason Biden has the support that he has right now, because of name recognition and because of his attachment to Obama. But if Biden runs, and it appears he may run, I don't see that support holding. Biden doesn't have the policy to back it up, and he has a terrible record, whether it's voting with uh, credit card companies, voting with Wall Street, voting uh, for the Iraq war. I mean, the crime bill, go on and on and on. Biden has a terrible record. So I don't, I just don't see that support holding. Now, um, but yeah, but when it gets to the actual, uh, the, the actual general election, yeah, I mean, AOC is going to support whoever the Democratic nominee is, obviously. I mean, anybody over Trump, I think is, uh, completely expected for all these Democratic politicians. So that that part of it isn't surprising at all. But now let's get to uh, who she sort of hints at uh, potentially supporting for 2020 in the, uh, the primaries. She was an organizer for fellow socialist Senator Bernie Sanders in 2016, but she isn't ready to give him her full support in the 2020 race just yet. 
quote, I'm very supportive of Bernie's run, she said Sunday. I haven't endorsed anybody, but I'm very supportive of Bernie. She said she also likes Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren. She said what Warren is bringing to the table is truly remarkable and transformational. So this gets us to who AOC is very likely to support uh, in the Democratic primary, and I think that's Bernie Sanders. Now, Warren, as she says here, is also uh, strong, but the fact that AOC, I mean, was an organizer for Bernie in 2016, I think that says a lot. And also, add to the fact that right now, all the progressive uh, support and energies behind Bernie Sanders. Elizabeth Warren, I hate to say it, I think she missed her opportunity in 2016. I think she could have announced. I mean, in 2016, Bernie was waiting for Warren. Bernie didn't want to run. I mean, I'm not sure if people know this. Bernie was not planning to run. He was hoping that Elizabeth Warren would run and that he would support Bernie, or that Bernie would support her. Warren decided not to challenge the establishment and bow out in 2016, and that gave a spot open for Bernie to feel like, okay, well, if no one's going to push a progressive message, I guess I got to do it. And then he amassed his entire movement. So Warren, unfortunately, I think has kind of missed her opportunity here. But that, I mean, Warren's still a great candidate. Uh, she for some reason, it's not as uh, strong on Medicare for all. I mean, that's one issue she's right now fairly weak on. She appears to support it, but is very careful with her language around it. But in terms of other issues, like when it comes to Wall Street or corporate power or uh, taxing the rich, she is fantastic. So Elizabeth Warren is also a strong candidate. But because of Bernie's uh, power right now and his um, the fact that AOC worked for him in 2016, I think it's very likely AOC will support Bernie in uh, uh, for 2020. But let's also look over here at the positive and negative aspects of that endorsement. So on the positive side, progressive voters love AOC. Liberal voters love AOC. So she has that cross appeal. Uh, on the negative side, conservative media absolutely hates Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So whoever AOC supports, conservative media, you know, is also going to attack that person. So if she endorses Bernie, they're going to talk about, oh, look at these two socialists working together to try to transform the country and take it away from the people. They'll create some BS narrative like that. Um, and also, another uh, negative aspect, the Democratic establishment also does not like AOC. So that also means that this may uh, her endorsing Bernie could potentially lead to a situation where you have the... Uh, I was going to say you have the party leaders openly pushing back against AOC, but they are already doing that. So there really is no downside there. Um, so ultimately, I think uh, an endorsement from AOC will have a massively positive effect because voters love Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. They love what she fights for. They love the fact that both AOC and Bernie don't take any corporate money, don't, don't have any private uh, fundraisers. They're simply backed by uh, individual donors, mostly small individual donors. And right now, I think Bernie's average donation is 20 bucks a piece. So you have these these politicians that are just they're there fighting for the people. And I think that really is the the strong appeal uh, of AOC and Bernie Sanders. Now, of those, how many are willing to transition to what the senator says, a government run system? Bernie Sanders appeared in a town hall on Fox News, and I got the breakdown. So I uh this town hall was about an hour long, so I tried to keep my my breakdown here as short as possible. 
So I got it down to just nine clips, <laughs> which I mean, it could have been a lot more. There is a lot of highlights here. I really could have just played the entire debate or the entire town hall and and talked about the whole thing. I will link to uh, uh, both parts below the video. So Fox News put the whole thing on YouTube so you can watch the entire thing yourself if you want. But I want to break down some of the highlights here because this was really fantastic. So I'm going to show you, uh, of course, clip highlights and give my reaction. I'm also going to give you the media reaction to the whole thing afterwards, as well as uh, Trump's reaction and uh, a reaction from someone who was actually there in the audience. So first up, let's start with this clip where uh, Fox News asks Bernie Sanders about taxes. Amazon, Netflix, and dozens of major corporations as a result of Trump's tax bill pay nothing in federal taxes. I think that's a disgrace. So I guess on Fox News, you said that I benefited from Trump's tax bill. Did you tell people that I voted against Trump's tax bill? Sure, but you, okay. did, you did benefit yeah, from it. Yeah. But I voted against it. And I happen to believe that a tax bill written and pushed by Trump who told the American people that that tax bill, some of you may recall, would not benefit the wealthy. Remember that? Oh, it's not going to benefit the wealthy. 83% of the benefits went to the top 1%. I paid the taxes that I owe. And by the way, why don't you got Donald Trump up here and ask him how much he pays in taxes. Yeah, well, I guess the president watches your network a little bit, right? Hey, President Trump, my wife and I just released... 10 years. Please do the same. Let the American people know how much we All right. So uh, you saw a little bit of the uh, the back and forth there uh, between Bernie and the host. Um, the first maybe 10 minutes of this uh, town hall was a little heated. Uh, Bernie was not taking their shit. He, I mean, they started off by talking about how, oh, you're a millionaire now. So I'm going to get into a little of that too. But l let's just start with the, with the reality here. Bernie voted against Trump's tax plan. So Bernie knew how much money he was make, uh, making. He knew that he would benefit personally from Trump's tax plan, but he still voted against it. That shows you that he's actually principled on these issues. He's continuing to fight for higher taxes on the rich, despite being a millionaire. And by the way, people really have to understand that having a million dollars is not like having a billion dollars. It is a there's a huge, massive difference. I think when we get into these discussions about these, you know, these high numbers of wealth, for people that don't have that kind of money, which is the vast majority of people, it sort of all just blends together. Oh, sure. Yeah. 10 millions like is just like a uh, hundred million is just like a billion. No, they're all very different, which is why you need a progressive uh, tax system so that the more you make the money after that certain level for example AOC's uh, proposal or idea of taxing 70% of wealth any wealth made over 10 million that is the kind of thing we're talking about so understand here it should be in, in levels now just to go to um what uh Bernie was mentioning there at, at the beginning so it's not just Amazon 60 big companies paid zero dollars in taxes under Trump's new law and those companies also include uh, IBM, Netflix, Activision Blizzard, JetBlue, Delta Airlines, and many others. These massive corporations that are taking all the gains for themselves in terms of the executive branches of these companies, they're the ones making all the money while their employees get nothing. That is the issue with this system. 
all the gains going to the top, everybody else gets scraps. And that's what Bernie continues to speak on. And I like that he also called out Trump there at the end to uh, release his tax returns. Now, get to the uh, second clip here, which is uh, Fox News asking Bernie about his uh, best-selling book. You know, when you wrote, wrote the book and you made the money, yeah. isn't that the definition of capitalism, the American dream? No. I mean, you know, what we want is a country where everybody has opportunity. You know, I have a college degree. Like, I'm a United States senator. But a lot of people don't have a college degree. A lot of people are not United States senators. I want everybody in this country to be able to have health care, to have education, to when they turn on the water, have dr drinkable water, not toxic water. So what we are fighting for, Brett, is a society not where just a few people can make a whole lot of money, but a society where everybody in this country has the opportunity to live in security uh, and dignity. All right. So, uh... so this is another popular talking point, not just for conservatives, but also for, you know, these corporate Democrats that also don't want to uh, do anything too extreme uh, in their minds. This idea that, oh, well, it's the American dream to make millions of dollars. So, you know, you're just, it, it's capitalism. Is it, Capitalism is great because, Bernie, you made uh, a million dollars with this book. But that completely misunderstands the problem here. We are looking at a system. This is a rigged system. A system where a very, very few people, there are very few people like Bernie Sanders, let alone very few like Jeff Bezos, who make a lot of money and everybody else is not. This is a system based on luck, oftentimes based on what family or area or country you're born into. That the, the entire system is is rigged and broken. So when we talk about an issue like, oh, uh, well, you made money, you made money uh, in this capitalist system. So isn't capitalism great? What's the other option? The other option is to just completely not participate in the system at all and just go live in the forest. This is, a, again, when you hear, this is the same kind of argument they use for climate change. Oh, you drive a, ca a gas-powered car. That means you're a, hi you're a hypocrite because you want to do something about climate change, but you drive a gas-powered car. That's the system we live in. Electric cars are very expensive for the, ma for the vast majority of people. So just because you have to have a car to be able to live your life and work does not mean you're being a hypocrite because you are fighting to change the rigged system. The system should have given you more options in terms of having a, an affordable electric vehicle. So this is the problem here. We are fighting the system. You can't expect people that are fighting the system to just completely not engage in the system. I mean, the whole point of politics is to change things for the better. If you have a critique of something, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be participating in that. I mean, think about your job. Let's say you, you uh, there's something wrong with your job. Say you're not getting paid enough. Now, does that mean you should, well... You should just leave your job. You're not getting paid enough. Well, leave your job or you're being a hypocrite. Or fight for more money. That's also an option. Why should you leave your job because you're not being paid enough? No, you fight to make things better. That's what we are all doing here. That's what Bernie's doing here. Now, let's go to the third clip here, which also has a very similar uh, uh, conservative talking point, this time revolving around charity. The, a lot of millionaires and billionaires give a ton to charity. You gave 3.4%. Yeah. My wife and I do give money to charity, all right? And we're proud to do what we did. There are others, you're quite right. There are people, Gates Foundation, do a phenomenal job. We do what we do. 
So this is another popular conservative talking point about charity. Oh, yeah, charity's the answer. No, forget taxes. No, give to charity. That makes everything better. But analyze that for a second. Giving to charity is just a band-aid. You are saying that, yes, poverty exists. Can't do anything about it. Poverty exists, so let me give money to charity. But you can do something about the poverty. Why are people in poverty to begin with? Why are we just accepting the fact that people are going to be in poverty? So the way that Bernie looks at this argument and the way I look at this argument is we want to change the actual system, how the system operates. If You should not be born into a poor family and not be able to have health care, not be able to have opportunities. You should. There should be a system. We should have a system where you cannot be in poverty and have to rely on charity to be able to survive. That is what we are fighting for. That is the that is the 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 main difference here between many conservatives on this issue on this issue and everybody else. Charity clearly has not worked out, has it? We currently live in a system dependent on charity. How is that working out for people? It's not. So charity is not the answer. The answer is to fix the the underlying problems. Now, another way to look at this is basically you can never give money to yourself. I mean, if if you buy if you buy a coffee, if you buy a piece of clothing, well, you already have clothing. You don't need coffee. You should have given that money to charity. Every little thing you spend, every little thing you buy, oh, that money could have gone to charity. How is that a world you want to live in? People have to be able to live their lives, which is why taxes should and do exist. Because our taxes should be going to causes that will help people like Healthcare. That is why healthcare should not be based on charity either. It's this idea that no, when you make more and more money, the, the more success that you have, if you have a lot of success, your life is great, you have a house, you have a family, you're doing fine. You can afford to pay more in taxes. You don't need that 10th yacht like Betsy DeVos has. You're, you can afford to pay more in taxes and not have some of those luxuries. But you can't rely on people to just give it out of their own uh, goodness of their heart because they don't do it. <laughs> That's not what happens. So you have to do it through taxes. And in that process, it actually gets put to good cause. And it goes to prevent these situations where people are born into poverty. Now, another way to look at this. A lot of people help their family and friends. Whether it's m m maybe your, your parents aren't doing well or maybe uh, your kids can't afford to move out. Does that count as charity? No. But in some ways... It should. You're helping other people out, be it friends or family. You're helping people out in their lives with their struggles. But again, it would be better if they didn't have to be in that situation to begin with. So when we look at charity, just understand there is this very like narrow definition of what people think of uh, as charity. And really, it shouldn't be narrow. And we should also be looking at the issue that we want to uh, understand that charity is just a band-aid. And we want to actually go into, uh, and pr go into the system and change it in a way that will actually benefit people from the start so that we fix the underlying problems that lead to people who eventually need to rely on charity. Now, let me go to uh, this next clip here where this is a little more fun. <laughs> so... Uh, the audience is asked a question about health care and uh, watch how they respond. This audience has a lot of Democrats in it. 
It has uh, Republicans, independents, Democratic socialists, conservatives. Uh, I want to ask the audience a question, if you could raise your hand here. A show of hands of how many people get their insurance from work, private insurance, right now? How many get it from private insurance? Okay, now of those, how many are willing to transition to what the senator says, a government-run system? There's 180 million people on private insurance. All right, let's deal with that, Brett. All right, that was fun. And uh, Bernie really did not take advantage of that opportunity there because you just had the Fox News audience. Brett Bayer clearly did not expect the, the entire audience to be on board with Medicare for All, but they were. Bernie could have pointed out, hey, look, your audience, your Fox News audience wants to switch to Medicare for All. Because there is this, look, I'm going to, I have more clips here on, on healthcare, I think one more. But there is this, this fundamental misunderstanding or purposeful <laughs> misunderstanding that um, people like their private insurance. They like their employer-based insurance. But are we not asking, okay, but doesn't that mean you're stuck in your job? What if you want to change jobs? What if you want to switch careers? What if you hate your boss? You want to go somewhere else, but you love that health, uh, your, your health care insurance. You're stuck to that company. In a Medicare for all system, you're not only given uh, quality health care that's either as good or better than what you currently have, but you also have the freedom to move around, not worry about having to stay in the same job. I mean, that point alone is a reason to switch to a Medicare for all system. Now, let me go to um, this next clip on uh, healthcare, where Bernie breaks it down even further. Millions of people every single year lose their health insurance. You know why? They get fired or they quit and they go to another employer. I was a mayor for eight years. You know what I did, what probably every mayor in America does, is you look around for the best insurance program, the most cost-effective insurance. You change insurance. Every year, millions of workers wake up in the morning and their employer has changed the insurance that they have. Maybe they like the doctors. People are nodding their heads, okay? So this is not new every year. Now, what we're talking about, actually, is stability. That when you have a Medicare for all, it is there now and will be there in the future. Members of Congress, are they going to do that transition as Damn well? Damn right. Of course. Of course. Why would you suggest otherwise? All right, that was great. <laughs> I like that, that comment at the end where he's like, are you stupid? Yeah, of course, everyone in Congress also has to go to, on Medicare for All. Because again, this is the conservative bubble. These are their talking points. Oh, Congress has a, has a, has a gold-plate healthcare system. Everybody else has crap. Of course, Bernie's going to want to keep his amazing healthcare system while he gives everybody else their shitty Medicare for All. But that's not at all. <laughs> that's not at all the situation. Medicare for All would be for everyone regardless of your status in, in life, whether you're someone in Congress, whether you're a billionaire, Medicare for all is what you would have as your health care, which also means that the quality will have to be good because Congress, people in Congress are going to want the quality of their health care to be strong. So if they're on the same health care plan as everybody else, they're going to ensure that it is actually funded. This is how you do it. Now, another uh, piece of this here, I, I'm not sure if it was touched on in this clip, but there's this also this phony idea. I'm Canadian, so I have some uh, some more awareness on universal health care than maybe most Americans do. There's this weird idea that oh, if you go to Medicare for all, the government's gonna choose your doctor. No, that's 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 not what happens. I I chose my doctor. Everybody 
chooses their own doctor. The government does not choose your doctor. In fact, <laughs> there is no there is no longer a middleman. You have the complete freedom to go to whatever doctor you want, whatever hospital you want, whatever healthcare facility you want. You you ha- it, it gives you freedom. Universal healthcare gives you freedom because everyone is now on the same plan. There is no division between, oh, this doctor's over here, this doctor's over there, they're with this insurance company, they're with that insurance company. No, everybody is on a single-payer uh, single plan. So you have the freedom to choose whoever you want. The government isn't choosing things for you. It gives you the freedom. Now, let me go to this next clip here, which uh, gets a little back or, or back into uh, corporate taxes. If you raise taxes on, on corporations, which I know you weren't happy with the tax cuts for corporations, aren't you afraid that that is going to chill employment, that those companies are going to say, you know what, we have 100 employees, we could do it with 50. We can do it with 60. We're not going to pay these higher taxes. We're not going to, you know, Look, what, isn't Martha, that a If you want to defend, I mean, you know, you know we, I think we look at the world a little bit differently. But if you want to defend a tax system in which Amazon, owned by the wealthiest person in this country, pays zero in federal taxes. I don't think anybody thinks that's, that's fair. Okay, uh, good. But I'm saying if you raise taxes on companies, small businesses across the country, well, it's a, we you know, are, are you worried that they will employ well, fewer people? Tax policy is complicated, and you've got to do it right. You didn't hear me say we're going to raise taxes on small businesses, did you? What we are talking about is raising taxes on large, profitable corporations and on the wealthiest people in this country. And I think that that is just. Once again, you see the conservative rhetoric completely collapse. So so you had to go to the second argument. The first argument didn't work. Oh, well, how about the small businesses? Because I, yeah, I mean, I guess you're right about Amazon. Uh, but how about small businesses? This, this is hilarious. I mean, they're not faced with an actual left winger like this. They haven't been faced with actual <laughs> arguments against their uh, conservative rhetoric. So first of all, I mean, these massive companies like Amazon, they hire based on demand. If they need to, if Amazon, for example, needs to hire more people for a warehouse to ship out more products, they are going to do it regardless because they want to ship more product. The, the, the demand is there. So they're going to hire more people. So raising wages to a living wage is not going to destroy these companies from hiring. They're not going to lay off a bunch of people because the people are there because they're doing a job. I mean, if, if you're going to have companies laying people off, it's because those companies didn't need those employees to begin with. So you have these massive companies like Amazon not paying anything in taxes and many of them not paying their employees properly or not giving them proper benefits. Now, go to the the second point. So she ha- again, she has to m- do this this change. Oh, but how about those small businesses? Oh, got to worry about the small businesses. Yeah, Bernie's not talking about raising taxes on small businesses. That He's not talking about that. He's talking about Amazon, Netflix, massive corporations that have paid zero in tax under Trump's tax plan. That's what Bernie is talking about. But again, this is what conservative uh, politicians and media people do all the time. And not just conservative. Democrats do this all the time. Oh, got to worry about the small business people, those small business people. So that means we can't raise corporate taxes but you can totally raise taxes on Amazon. You can totally raise taxes on Netflix. You can totally raise taxes on certain companies making over a certain amount of, of money in, in profit. Why would that affect small business? It wouldn't. But they conflate the two because they, in the media, and these politicians are protecting their big corporate donors. 
Now, let's get to uh, this clip here on the war in Yemen. I led the effort along with Senator Mike Lee, who was a conservative from Utah. Mike and I led the effort in the Senate, and some really great people in a bipartisan way led it in the House. And what we said is we think that the United States should get out of the Saudi-led war in Yemen. And, and for the first time since the War Powers Act was passed 45 years ago, we succeeded in the House and the Senate. And let me say this in a very serious way. I've been critical of the president all night, but let me just say this. The president has said that he does not want to see this country involved in endless wars, and I agree with that. And Mr. President, tonight you have the opportunity to do something extraordinary. Sign that resolution. <laughs> Saudi Arabia should not be determining the military or foreign policy of this country. Let's get out of Saudi Arabia. Let's develop a bipartisan approach so that we do not continue to be engaged in you know, wars like Afghanistan, which is, what, 18 years in that war. All right, so here, Bernie does two things. He shows you, first of all, that, yes, in fact, he can work with the other side. So this is something extraordinary. He was able to pass this resolution in the Senate, and it also got passed in the House, to end U.S. support of the Saudi-led war in Yemen. That's Bernie Sanders. Crazy lefty socialist Bernie Sanders can't work with anybody. That's what he passed. This also shows you how, again, much of a liar Donald Trump is. Donald Trump, who talks about, or who used to talk about, oh, why are we in all these different countries? But he hasn't done, so far, as of recording this, has not done anything about this U.S.-backed uh, uh, US Saudi-led war in, in Yemen. So will he? Unlikely, because of his relationship with Saudi Arabia. But you see Bernie Sanders here, the kind of president that he would be if he had the power. Now, let's go to this uh, next clip here, and this is about Ilhan Omar. You are looking to become the first Jewish president. Yep. You're also a staunch supporter of Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, who even... Hold on, hold on, hold on. No. I've talked to Ilhan about twice in my life, so... But you've tweeted, I respect tweeted her, support for But I, this is what I do support. I support a, a Muslim member of Congress not to be attacked every single day in outrageous racist right. remarks. Sure. My question is that even some fellow Democrats had some problems, uh, have accused of you, that her of using language kind of associated with anti-Semitism. Can you understand why some yeah. Jewish Americans would have a problem well, with some of that? Yeah, I, I can understand. I think that that is not quite right. And I think that Ilana has got to do maybe a better job in speaking to the Jewish community. But if, you're, if your question to me is, do I think she is anti-Semitic? No, I don't. No, it's not her. I'm saying in the thread in yeah, the I can Democratic understand. Party. But here is the point also. I'm Jewish. I lost, my father's family was devastated by Hitler. So this is an issue of some sensitivity to me. So I will do everything in my power, and I hope that every member of Congress will fight not only anti-Semitism, but racism and anti-Muslim activity so that we create a non-discriminatory society. But it is not anti-Semitic to be critical of a right-wing government in Israel. That is not anti-Semitic. Okay. All right. 
Bernie Sanders once again smashes more conservative talking points. So, first of all, actually, I want to say the beginning of this clip, I don't really like how Bernie um, uh, initially reacted to this. I, I don't know why he had to push back on Brett Baer, uh, his remark saying that Bernie's a staunch supporter of Ilhan Omar. Just let him say it. I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, sure, maybe you don't agree with her on everything, but just let Brett Baer say you're a staunch supporter of Ilhan Omar. Who cares? Um, but then the rest of his answer is fantastic. I mean, he brings up, look, yeah, a Muslim woman of Congress should not be attacked every single day. And they are, look, I've done multiple videos on this. They take her out of context to attack her. It's really disgusting. They're simply doing it because she's a Muslim. I mean, that's the only explanation for it. And again, he, Bernie then smashes the idea that, oh, if you're critical of the, of the right-wing Israeli government, that means you're anti-Semitic. Of course it doesn't. It's a right-wing Israeli government. It's a government. The criticism is of the government and their treatment of Palestinians. That is a completely different issue than being anti-Semitic. Now, um, let me go to the last clip here. And this is something, <laughs> this was something special. Because the crowd sort of joins in and kind of sings along with uh, Bernie's platform here during his closing statement. I think sometimes the divisions in this country get a little bit too hot. Okay, at the end of the day, we are all Americans who love this country. And I also think, and the media plays not a good role in this, and again, not just Fox, is we have a lot more in common than most people think we do. All right, poll after poll. Should we raise the minimum wage to a living wage? Yes. Should we rebuild our crumbling infrastructure? Should we make sure that our veterans get the health care that they have earned? All right. Should we make sure that we do not cut Social Security or Medicare or Medicaid? Should we give huge tax breaks to billionaires? You know, that's how most people feel. <laughs> so I hope, I hope, look, I'm looking forward to a good campaign. And the last point that I want to make, and I thank Fox you know, for the opportunity of being here. And, and that is, I want to see our country have the highest voter turnout in the industrialized world, not one of the lowest. So no matter what your views are, get involved in the political process, stand up and fight to make this a better country. Thank you all very much. Thank you, Senator Sanders. And there you go. The crowd joins in on Bernie's platform. Yes, we should do all these things. I mean, this is... Maybe Fox should have been a little more uh, particular about who they put in the audience. <laughs> Usually, they're they're a little more careful with their uh, uh, with their propaganda. But in this case, I mean, you heard Brett Baer say it earlier. There's Democrats in the audience. There's Republicans. There's conservatives. There's progressives. They represented America in the room, and America appears to love Bernie Sanders. Now, let me show you some reaction here. Uh, to uh, this town hall, obviously. So here's a tweet from somebody who was there. So uh, this person from uh, I'm Pro Grammar uh, tweeted out, just went to the Bernie Town Hall and the crowd was enamored by him. The positive energy in the room was contagious. I think this was a real eye-opener for those Fox News hosts and a real turning point in this campaign. He spoke to everyone. And, I mean, that's it, that point seems to be... Uh, echoed by the reactions that we saw in these clips. Now, I also want to show you um, the media reaction here. So uh, here's a few headlines. Politico uh, put out, Senators takes on Fox and he emerges triumphant. 
The Democratic frontrunner ventured where his rivals haven't dared and notched an hour of positive publicity. And Politico historically has not been kind to Bernie Sanders, so this is a pretty big headline for them. Uh, This from The Guardian. Fox News hosts underestimate popularity of Bernie Sanders during town hall. Uh, This from The Atlantic. Bernie Sanders pierces the Fox News bubble. A town hall on the network was a risk for the self-described Democratic Socialist. It paid off. And this from Vox. That's Vox with a V. Bernie Sanders' uh, Fox News town hall wasn't a debate. Bernie won anyway. (laughs) Sanders was sincere with the audience, gracious to his Democratic opponents, and as prickly as ever to his Fox News hosts. So the media reaction, from what I've seen, has been very positive. I mean, any negative reaction I've seen has... They've had to put a spin on on the entire thing because watch it yourself. Again, the clips uh, or the two uh, parts are below the video on Fox News' YouTube page. Watch the whole thing yourself. Judge for yourself. I think it's pretty clear that Bernie Sanders did a fantastic job and that the audience loved him. Now, before I go here, I also want to show you Donald Trump's reaction. (laughs) So Donald Trump, uh, the day after, tweeted this out. So weird to watch crazy Bernie on Fox News. Not surprisingly, Brett Baer and the audience, quote unquote, was so smiley and nice. Very strange. And now we have Donna Brazil. Now, I could do an entire video on just this tweet alone. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, okay, he calls him Crazy Bernie. Of course, he's still calling him Crazy Bernie. But then look look at the, the wording here. Not surprisingly, Brett Baer in the audience was so smiley and nice. Very strange. And now we have Donna Brazil. How can something both not be surprising, but also very strange? Donald Trump just doesn't make any sense. And also, I should mention, Donna Brazil is the person that leaked a town hall question to Hillary Clinton during a town hall between Hillary and Bernie in the Democratic primary in 2016. Donna Brazil is not a plus on the board for Bernie Sanders. Now, uh, one last thing that may have elicited this reaction from, from Trump, because it appears that Trump is worried here. Uh, it's this Fox News poll. So Fox News showed the results of this poll. How would you vote if the candidates in 2020 were Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump? Bernie Sanders beats Trump by seven points in a Fox News poll. And this was uh, a poll taken of registered voters between March 17th and March 20th. Bernie Sanders in a Fox News poll beats Trump by seven points. And this was before that town hall. I'd be curious to see what the results are after this town hall. So for anybody that was critical of Bernie going on Fox News and doing this, you were wrong. This paid off for Bernie in a huge way. He did fantastic. And it also, it exposes the Fox News audience, not just those in the room, but the Fox News audience in general watching at home. It exposes them to actual left-wing positions that they've largely been... uh, been sheltered from in their Fox News bubble.